Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 715. Thank you for trying the Nerdist Podcast. We know you have plenty of choices, and we thank you for your patronage. Uh, let's go to the Nerdist Community Corkboard. This is from listener Kevin. On October 21st, 2015, we are showing Back to the Future 2 at Sam Lynn Ballpark in Bakersfield, California. The event will benefit the Child Rescue Network, uh, and uh, you'll be able to watch Back to the Future 2 on the big screen under the stars. Win prizes from Doc's Trivia Challenge. Get your picture with DeLorean. And uh, see actual movie props from the film. Get more info at Cinertain, C-I-N-E-R-T-A-I-N dot com slash B-T-T-F. This is from listener Ryan. The Clive Barker podcast recorded their 100th episode. And there's still a lot to talk about. Uh, episode 100 will go out this weekend. And it's a Q&A with Clive himself, who if you've heard on this podcast, you know is a phenomenal uh, talker and a super interesting guy. Um, Ryan and Jose and Rob have been doing the podcast for over three years, and uh, they started the Occupy Midian fan movement that helped get the Nightbreed Director's Cut released. So go check it out. That's a Clive Barker podcast right now. Um, I'll be performing this weekend in Sacramento and San Jose. Tickets are available at funcomfortabletour.com. This episode is the return of Mr. Brian Cranston, uh, who is... Just the goddamn best dude in the world. Oh, man. He's wise and super funny and really talented and really engaging and just... Ah, man, I'm never going to be that cool. But uh, this, uh, this is his second time on the podcast. He was on pretty early on in the, in, the, in the life of the podcast. Breaking Bad was actually still on when the last time he was on. Um, he is promoting the pilot of Sneaky Pete, which is available to watch and review on Amazon.com right now. He's a producer, co-writer uh, of this show, and essentially, if you go to Amazon and you watch it and you like it, that's how Amazon decides they're going to make more. So, support the Cranston, uh, and go to Amazon right now watch Sneaky Pete. Uh, this is a super comfy episode of the podcast. Yeah, I love Brian Cranston. Here's Nurse Podcast number 715 with the aforementioned Brian Cranston. Katie, roll the thing. Now entering Nerdist.com. He killed a bunch of people, right? He, no, no, no. No. It's just a myth. <laughs> no, 
<laughs> He's very misunderstood. He's very misunderstood. Yeah. We're in the same book club together. Tony Morrison was? Yeah, so if you were to kill someone in a book, just how would how you do it? How would you do it? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, and so... Are we on? Or should we? Yeah, yeah. Oh, go, so, go. so, yeah. So uh, my cousin and I, would we were riding, uh, renting horses up at the Santa Susana Pass, which is the, the pass, the ridge of a small mountain range between the San Fernando Valley and the Simi Valley. Okay. And the only way to get there at the time was through this Santa Susana Pass. And right in the middle of the pass was this ranch is a, where they rent horses and things. It's a very rural area. And we knew about it. And my, my mom dropped my cousin and I off, a girl cousin and I, and we were going to go horseback riding and she'd come back in a couple hours and pick us up. So we're renting uh, the horses and we're giving our names and this old guy is filling out the paperwork. And some guy, some crazed young guy, maybe uh, I was really young, so he was probably in his 20s, came running into the office and said, Charlie's on the hill again. Charlie's on the hill. And we're like, what? it startled us. And the old guy said, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. No, that's all right. And we looked outside, and there were a bunch of people gathering horses and getting on horseback, men and women, and, and off they ride. Jeez, what's, what is going on? They go, oh, no, don't worry about it. Oh, that's all right. I'll get your horses. Oh, okay. He brings out our horses, and we get on our horses, and we go walking in the same direction that they left. That's where he told <laughs> us. Yeah, that's the trail that way. So we go walking our horses, and it, was, it wasn't really a galloping area. It was kind of narrow in there. And uh, about a half an hour or so later, we had completely forgotten about what happened. And we see a trail of horses coming back toward us, back like back to the ranch. And uh, there were several horses. And there was in the middle of the pack, there was a guy holding the reins of the horse behind him. So he was on his own horse and holding the reins of the horse behind him. And on that horse was a little guy, big full beard, shaggy brown hair, oh very despondent on the horse, just going with the the up and down motion of the horse with no like body control or care in what was happening. And as they passed, that guy passed with the rest of them. My cousin says, must be Charlie. Because it was, you know, and I go, yeah, must be Charlie. It's, you know, then a year and a half later or something, the murders happen. Oh, my God, terrible. And when they discovered the, that the Spawn Ranch was the site for Charles Manson. Oh, Jesus Christ. And they showed a picture of him. <laughs> and then it's like, I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, I get to the phone, you know, and I'm calling my cousin, and she goes, I know, I know, I know, I know. it's Charlie. <laughs> we could have been killed. That's crazy. Yeah. So did, did they ever explain, like, what that meant for him to be up on the hill? I, I know. Well, they didn't, <laughs> they didn't tell us, you know, who are we? But I just, you know, after you learned about him, you know, because he became the most infamous man in the world at that time, and they, they talked about his drug addiction and some and his peculiarities of his you know comportment i i thought he must have been 
like threatening to kill himself or something. You know, it's like they were so worried about him. Oh, and they stopped him. And they stopped him from from killing himself or something. That's just what I guess. I, I don't, obviously really. One don't. way to interpret that story for all the news outlets: Brian Cranston almost joins Charles Manson's gang. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, I just happened to. No, it wasn't. It doesn't. I. Just, it wasn't even. Yeah. It, it wasn't my. That's insane. Yeah, that was a that was an interesting brush. But it was was so odd about it is that it wasn't for two years after the murders. I mean, two years after the horseback ride, did we start putting these pieces together? And and then that guy, and he just happened to be Charlie Manson, and was like, oh. So oh this is this is sort of a crazy question, and maybe a dumb question, uh, because I certainly was alive for a long time before social media. But because people are so inundated with everything always now. How much? Because obviously that would have been the biggest one of the biggest stories of the time. Yeah. How much a daily part of your life did you? Because th- now I feel like if that happened now, you'd never be able to get away from it. No, Dude. I totally would have periscoped that. <laughs> <laughs> There's Charlie on the horseback. <laughs> this guy'll probably be somebody yeah. someday. Someday, someday. Look at this. It'd be sad piece of shit. Lazily rides horse. The worst horse rider ever. Ever. We didn't know what happened to Brian Cranston, but we found his phone. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) What happened? The whole Brian Cranston story is just a found footage movie. Just Just all found footage. (laughs) We're riding, trying to get away from Charlie Manson. I like see that. Can, That's a good version of that story. See if we can sell it. You totally could have embellished the shit out of that. <laughs> yeah, that's but right. you just you just told it in the Lego we didn't really that's see. That's right. And then I had to save my sister from the evil clutches. His fingers were nine inches long, a piece claws like a raptor claw. <laughs> totally. I'm surprised after all this time that that story didn't get embellished along the way. No, it's it was yeah. I could have. You totally could have. Yeah. And then well, during when I made the arrest, you know, I made a citizen's yeah. Oh yeah, arrest. of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, Thank yeah. you for that. By the way, I don't know if anyone yeah. ever probably thanked yeah. you for I, arresting I Charles. That Manson. was a good thing to, for society. Yeah. Um, probably should have arrested him earlier, but you know what? Could have. <laughs> Probably could have. No, no. I because... was busy. <laughs> there was <laughs> had to wait for the crime. Oh, the sure there was petty theft and things like that. But no, no I wanted we... murder. We wanted him on tax evasion. Yeah. <laughs> Just like they got Capone. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been since like, you were on the podcast? Like I don't know, like three. Well, you four were in years a different ago? building. Yeah, we were in the e and, building. You know, now you're this mogul. Now I you're mean, like this. I don't. I, w- I wouldn't even say mini that. mogul. You're mogul. You're fully I, moguled. I don't know if I'm fully moguled, but it was a. You were. In I the- would ski off you. That's how moguled you are. <laughs> I, would I be a black diamond run? You're totally a black diamond run. <laughs> I. Lo- you were on in the early days because. We did Conan together, and th- this is how early it was in the podcast. I was like, hey, man, I have a podcast. Will you come? To-? Like, it was so informal, and so will you come on? You're like, sure. And that was it. There was no booking process. There no. was nothing official. Now, see, so you're a big shot. You now gotta, I got people. You talent coordinators and all people. kinds of stuff. But it was fun, and we, we talked a lot about uh, Brian Cranston's dick grapes, which uh, are still not a thing for some reason. Very upset about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, and then, and then it was really amazing getting to watch you guys just sweep the Emmys last year, but getting that view of it. Oh yeah. I mean, congratulations. Thanks man. It was, it was, uh, it was a fun ride. Breaking Bad was one of these little surprises that when we first started the show, I always tell people, I, did you know it was going to be hit right away? And it's like, no, no. In fact, when we were shooting in Albuquerque, we have, uh, 
directional signs up all over the, the every show has directional signs as you know and it it tells the crew where they where the set is where to park and that sort of thing and we just had breaking bad with an arrow <laughs> breaking bad this way breaking bad right breaking left. and we knew we were starting to become a hit when they were being stolen every time they oh. were put up on a on a telephone pole or something it was stolen so they changed it to bb and those were stolen. <laughs> then they changed it to, you know, like Scott Towels. <laughs> and I was like, nah, I don't want that sign. Wait a minute. Uh, Heisenberg probably uses that to clean up all the meth. It's breaking bad. Breaking bad. Right you can't fool me. Well, now it's like, you know, they, I, I, I've heard that there, you know, there's like tours in Albuquerque. Like, yeah. it, it, it's actually. It's it, a whole sub-industry. It is though. a weird sub-industry. Because yeah. yeah. Albuquerque is such an interesting town that feels like, um, it feels like it it uh, blew up a lot in a certain period of time and then just kind of stopped. Like a lot of the stuff feels like, oh, Route 66 era stuff. Yeah. And then it didn't – they left it all. Like like many of those towns along Route 66, that was the industry. It was motels and little cafes and all-you-can-eat little buffets and things like that. And once the interstate came in, what do you do with a town like that? There's a there's a little place called Tucumcari that's in the eastern part of New Mexico. Cute little town, vintage uh, motels and sign, neon signs and things like that. But that's really all that's there. Yeah. I mean, but, it, but it's a cool place. And it, there's a lot of those little towns. I rode my motorcycle from Santa Monica all the way to uh, Chicago Oh, on wow. Route 66. And Holy it was a blast. Shit. And finding and following Route 66, sometimes it doesn't exist. It morphs into a highway, and you have to be on the highway for a certain amount of time. But it goes through, I think, nine states. I feel like I would um, freak out just on a motorcycle in the middle of the country, realizing, like, oh, I got to keep going. You can't just stop here or you'll die. You got to keep going. <laughs> what do you think about when you're just riding across the desert? That's what's so fun. You know, riding a motorcycle, it's kind of like walking fast. You you have the benefit of the breeze and the openness of it. You're not enclosed. Um, and even if you're with buddies, you're, you, there's still a, a solitary component to it. Yeah. And it's, and it's great to just allow your mind to wander. I think of story ideas or I think of nothing at all or I just fantasize about – Anything you know, it's it's really it's really cool, and and but there's a a portion of your uh, awareness that has to be still acute, yeah. You know, that's like traffic signals and things like that. But it's um, it's really cool, and it and it's now it's kind of cool because you're anonymous. You know, you put on a helmet and you could be anybody. I know Tom Cruise feels that way, and a lot a lot of the uh, uh, celebrities who like to ride motorcycles. You can be just any old guy on the street with a helmet on. You should write, I'm Tom Cruise on yours. Just like (laughs) (laughs) Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. But I spelled it C R U Z. (laughs) No, no, no. no. I'm Tom Cruise. I'm Tom Cruise. I'm Tom Cruise. I'm Penelope's brother. (laughs) He's Tom Cruise. (laughs) I can't believe, I can't believe that it's been, I think, two years since. Breaking Bad, since yeah. when we did the finale, like two years. Yeah, it's been two years. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, just uh, sort of, it, it was such a strange, I feel like it was such a surreal experience. I, I My perception was that it was a surreal experience for you because you had shot the show and you guys had sort of emotionally said goodbye to the show. And then all of a sudden, 
then it starts airing and the rest of the world is now mourning the show and right. trying to force you to mourn the show and you're right. like we're already I'm doing a play I've totally they're... moved on I don't even like these people <laughs> oh thank god um, if I wasn't being paid a lot of money to show up at this <laughs> final event I wouldn't have gone no it's it, no it, but it's like it was such a I felt like such a surreal time but now that you have separation from it uh what did it mean or what did it do did you go oh actually here's what i got from this or have you reflected it on on it at all in the last two years you know i think i I think i was in the best of all situations where i've been working as an actor since i was 26 years old exclusively that's all i've had to do and and but i've had a lot of survival jobs working up to that and i was not i was a poor kid growing up um, my parents were rich, but they just decided for some reason <laughs> they didn't like your face. Him poor. Um, just, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Just, ah. shut it. You're okay. You spill that out of your dog bowl. You don't get any more tonight. You're poor. <laughs> Bingo. How do you like that, pal? <laughs> no, your name's Bingo. <laughs> Bingo. You're Bingo. Yeah, I'll give you a shitty name too. You're Bingo. I'm gonna put on your collar. Yeah. Uh, so. By the time I started to make a living at 26, it was glorious. I'm I'm thinking, so people are paying me to be an actor. This is the best thing in the world. You can't develop a sense of entitlement if you come from a background of really blue-collar kind of tough life. Um, some unfortunate things as a, in my childhood, you know, and, and some abandonment issues and abuse issues and things like that. And it's like, I know what I don't want. Yeah, And now I'm going to see if I can go after what I do want. So then that progresses. If you get really lucky, like I did, you have these opportunities to do great shows like Malcolm in the Middle and then Breaking Bad. And then now I I did the play all the way on, on Broadway last year and, and now films. And, and it's just – it's incredible. I take nothing for granted. This could all go away tomorrow. And in in fact, someday it will all stop. And I'll get off of the the ride, and I'll be a little dizzy and wiped out. My hair will stand up straight <laughs> from the, from all the excitement of this roller coaster, and it'll be someone else's turn. And I'll be actually okay with that. It'll be like, okay, wow, hey, good luck, have fun. <laughs> I gotta sit down. Woo! So or, at this point, do you feel like it's just sort of all icing and bonus? It is. It is. It's it, it's as you know. My goal as a kid. Uh, 21, 22 years old was to just make my living as an actor. If I can make my living as an actor, that's that's my joy. And in fact, to this day, that's my greatest professional achievement is knowing there was a, a turning point for me. I was 26 years old and I never looked back. That was it. I was a working actor and I never had to an, have another job. And you know the internet loves the shit out of you, right? I mean, like ev- everything you do, oh. ma- that thing where you, <laughs> you told that kid you were oh, visiting his mom, like I went to see your mom, and then dropped the microphone, <laughs> yeah. like that shit, like that just blows up the internet. There's like, there's almost a, there's almost a, uh, a, a. It's almost like more of an organized <laughs> Bill Murray mythos, you know? Like Bill Murray has this weird mythos around sure. him, and I think, but I think you have this very aware organized <laughs> mythos that's kind of that's kind of swarming around Brian Cranstonites. Well, that's cool. I never I never thought about that. I mean, in a sense, I was down we're, we're uh promoting Supermansion, which is an animated show that I have coming on in October 
on Crackle. Uh-huh. And it's a fun, crazy thing. I play a, a superhero who who's lost his his real strong abilities, and he has to live in the same house as the as other damaged superheroes. It's a lot of fun. Super Mansion. But anyway, so we're down at, at Comic Con and we're promoting that all day from ten o'clock in the morning until now. It's about seven o'clock at night. We've just finished every every stop, all kind. You know the routine. There's sure. so much press to do, and you're you, you're believing your show and you want to promote it. And then the final thing was, uh, you know, Zach Levi was do has um, Nerd HQ. Yep. Which is there a competition between your nerdist and No, why would you think that? Why would you think that at all? Oh, wow. Why would you think that? that ooh, I don't understand. Why did he, he say there's a competition? There's literally did steam coming out of your oh, ears. Oh, why is my dick hard? <laughs> he's, he's a good guy. He's, he's a good guy. And, and they do that for charity? They do it for do charity? do it for charity. They pack the house. Everybody donates. And, and, it's, and I knew, you know, there's an entertainment component to it. You want to entertain the crowd. And there's questions about Supermansion. There's questions about... Breaking Bad, and you you answer the questions, and then get back on point, and and make sure everybody on the panel has a chance to talk, you know that sort of thing. So I'm very aware of that. And this guy, this young kid, raises his hand, and Zach points to him, and he says, "I'm from Albuquerque, and I just think it's cool that you shot there, and so because I'm from there was, and I and I knew that he is the only person in this room, <laughs> and probably watching that podcast." That was interested in my answer. Yeah. You know, if I said, oh, Sheldon's Pub was a great place that I uh, frequented often to get pints of beer. And, you know, it's like, oh, Shel- is that the Sheldon's Pub on, uh, you, know, it's like, you know, it's like, who cares? So I knew I was going to give him a quick answer, whatever was going to happen. And he just, I, I don't know what triggered it, but he just said, you know, is there any place you visited that, you know, that you liked? And it just came out. Yeah. I visited your mom from time to time. <laughs> and the place explodes, and he explodes with laughter. And then on a dime, he twists and just, he pictured the image of Walter White <laughs> mounting his mother and then just went, oh, oh. Uh, just like any person picturing your parent of having sex. Yes. You know, Um the fact is, is that I did mount his mother sure, yeah, over of course. and, and over, and again. it was appropriate that that was that how and I just that sh- uh, we we were looking for an opportunity, the perfect to tell opportunity. Him. Yes, and, it made his uh, Comic Con special. Yes, I suppose. I mean, who wouldn't? What a great souvenir! Some people get a Breaking Bad T-shirt. Some people get a keychain. Yeah. Walter White fucked his mom. What more as a fan could you That's want? Right. He went out and got that T-shirt printed. Walter White fucked my mom. And all I got was his lousy T-shirt. <laughs> and on the back, Sheldon's Pub. Yeah. Uh, sponsored by Sheldon's Sponsored by Sheldon's Pub. But it's, uh, it's fun that, you know, there's... I think there's a lot of people in your position... Uh, people are used to them being very serious. I think they're used to them being very serious. And sort of like when you're on a show that's that intense. But... To see that uh, that you to see the comedy side, and I'm so glad that you got to do so much comedy before Breaking Bad, so yeah. that people know, like, oh, he does he does both. Uh, yeah. It's not just it's not just one thing. And just like anybody, you don't want to be pigeonholed into saying, you know, well, what's Chris like? Oh, he's silly all the time. It's like, right. oh, that's kind of a disappointment. Right? <laughs> yes, you, you kind of want to be a, a well-rounded person in life, and so too with your with your career, you want to try different things and attempt. Um, you know, things that may not be in your wheelhouse and you're thinking, 
I want to do a documentary some point, and I want to yeah. try this at some point. Um, and so it was never my intention to to you know switch and say, okay, now I'm a dramatic actor. And uh, so I just like to keep it loose and see what comes up. That's the best way to. And I and I remember we talked about this a bit the last time you were on, and what an example it was. That the best thing that you can follow is well, what sounds interesting to me because you can't predict. Which way the business is going to go, you can't predict which shows are going to be a hit. You can't – anyone who says they can is lying. Right. And so the only real compass you have is you can either, A, just listen to other people, do this, do this, or you can just sort of follow. This seems fun to me. I want to try this because I haven't done it before. If you're chasing money, then you're going to listen to other people's opinions a lot more. And a lot of fear-based decisions. And a lot of fear-based decisions. And that's just not where I want to be. And so – you know, I've got a couple things coming up that, uh, and and a, a movie I'm doing later on this year that is so small. It we're going to shoot it in four to five weeks, and uh, it's like three people in the entire movie, and it's there's there's no money into it, but but it's it's a great story. Yeah, and so I have to just you know my my agency is great. UTA is a, a really a fantastic agency. I have great representation. I they support me in whatever I really am passionate about and want to do. And so they carve out that time and say, "Okay, that's what he wants to do. That's fine. Okay." And and then maybe what about doing this and, you know, keeping keeping the balloon up in the air and Paying some bills. Ah, okay, that's all right. But but it has to be something I really want to do. Yeah, I, and and truthfully, because <clears throat> uh, I'm there too, and I and I like those guys because a lot of agencies are like used car salesmen, and you know, like they can be very much a bottom line business. And I don't mean that in a super disparaging way. It's just that they think very short term because they have goals to meet each month. Yeah, and so if their clients aren't working, then they get right. called into the office for not ha- having income, and that's so right. they don't. A lot of times, agencies don't necessarily have the presence of mind to go, hey, man, just let your career build how it's going to build. And if you don't want to do this now, do this later. It just doesn't It just doesn't always work that way. No, it doesn't. And they, they support the right idea, which is support the interests of the actor and performer. And they'll take you to that place Yeah, if they're good and they get some breaks in their career. Um, I, I'm sort of curious because you, you said something very similar to something Ben Kingsley said. When he, Sir Ben Kingsley. Sir Ben Kingsley. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> I, I apologize. Yeah, I'm sorry. And, well, you know, this is America. It we w- got to honor that it, shit. It will be in my report. Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh wait. What? Oh, yes. oh I'm sorry. Yeah, the yes. pencils have erasers, right? <laughs> can you can you please scratch that out? <laughs> um, but it was just the idea that you know he had said he had when when he was a kid he had had there were you know he had said a very similar thing. I had had some abandonment stuff and some weird. Things happen, and I grew up and began and appreciated. And I always think it's interesting when people have that crossroads; they can either grow up to re-express those things, yeah. or they can grow up to be antithetical to those things. Right, exactly right. And so, you know, did, did you did you have to make a conscious choice to go? Okay, this is I'm not. I don't want to do this, or did, were, was it something that you were able to control? Well, fortunately, you know, I th- parents are constantly teaching their children. So hopefully, it's under the, the, the auspices of what you would like them to do and how to live as a human being. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, there are times when parents teach children what they shouldn't be doing, mm-hmm. and that could still be a silver lining. <laughs> you could say... 
well, I don't want to do that. And there was some of that in my in my upbringing, both on my father and my mother's side. And uh, I just recently did that show, Who Do You Think You Are?, mm-hmm. where they trace your your hereditary, uh, your, they go back to your family and they go all the way back as far as they could find and they trace your heritage uh, and find out, you know, interesting little pieces about one side of the family or another. And, and they've, we've traced my father's side because the producers thought it was the most interesting line to follow for their TV show. And you can't go back and forth and, oh, this is your mother's grandfather, this is your father. Right. It's too confusing right. for an audience. So they just have to keep it linear. Um, unfortunately, we found out that there was abandonment all throughout my, oh my father's side. My great-great-grandfather abandoned his wife and child. But my great grandfather did not. So it's I'll a mention his name, Daniel Grant. Grant yeah. <laughs> but my grandfather did. Wow. And my father did. Oh, so it doesn't skip a generation. No, it does. So I got to find out what the pattern is. It's really interesting. I mean, there's it's just that sort of, um, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of it's learned, but it's almost hereditary behavior patterns. I mean, it, it's such a strange, and maybe in a way, do you find that it's healing in the sense where you go, okay. That was a part of some fucking thing yeah. that was just... Yeah, that's not me. Yeah. That's not me. It, it, it would be a, a completely foreign entity for me to entertain the idea of abandoning my family. It's just... I, I, I can't even relate to it. I don't know what that would be like. Even if, and it's not the case, my wife and I have been married for 26 years, uh, and we have a, a beautiful daughter of 22. Even if her mother and I divorced i still wouldn't abandon my daughter sure that's not i uh, just it's not real to me um so to find that in my heritage was a little discouraging you know but there was a distance there was definitely a chasm for me to to say that's them and this is me that's not that's not who i am yeah it's always nice to know that you have a choice and sometimes it doesn't feel like you have a choice, but usually you have you have a choice. You do. But I feel like having that data and being able to sort of parse it out and look at it and go, ah, I'm not just directed by my emotions. I am a this is what puts us at the top of the food chain is that I can make the conscious decision to to try to make better choices. Yeah. I think the, those things are great to look at, but it's it, to take it with a grain of salt. You look at it and you go, okay, so that is my heritage, and there's something cool about finding out those bits and pieces about both sides of your family. Um, but it doesn't; it shouldn't lead you. Just like if you went to a psychic and they said, you know, you should only wear orange. <laughs> you know, that's your color. That's all you should wear, and you should, you know, when you see a person, first slap them in the face. Right. It's so. It's your right, you know. It's right. like, yeah, there's certain ways you should live your life, and certain ways you shouldn't. But I think, by so. the way, the orange looks great. On oh, you. thank you. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> we're just not going to acknowledge. <laughs> no. But the uh, but the idea that um, uh, I think there are some people who try to see what's been going on in their family, and they rather than using as an as an empowering choice mechanism will use it as an excuse oh well you know i'm this way because you know my grandfather so i mean i guess it's just how i am you know i mean how do you how do you think people how do you think you can break free from 
the excuse train and actually take a little more control of your life. I just I just think it comes down to a point of of looking at what it is you really want. What is it you really want? I I think that's the quest of every adult. Kids don't know it yet. They they just want instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Oh, that tastes good. I want that. That looks like fun. I want to play that. You know, and you do that. And adults have to make adjustments and say, that looks cool. I can't do it right now. Maybe some <laughs> other time I have to pick up my kids or I have to go to work or I have to whatever. We have things we need to do. But I think the commonality between all adults is that everyone is looking for whatever it is that empowers them, whatever that may be. Uh, a lot of people find it in their work, in their mate, in their church, in volunteerism, in whatever, in, in their stamp collection, whatever they feel brings them some sense of empowerment. Um, and I get that. I, I think it's the people who don't seek that empowerment. Those are the ones who are in trouble. It doesn't matter what it is. It's not judgment on that empowerment. It's that you have it. Mm-hmm. The important thing is that you have something that empowers you as a person. And I think part of the problem can be that some, you know, a lot of people you go, "What do you want to do?" And they go, "I don't know." I mean, it's it can be difficult. Like some people don't even know what they. I mean, you can't get anywhere if you don't know where you want to go. You're just sort of in this weird kind of, uh, I mean, I, could, I don't know. Well, that's the reactive mind. So what happens is that you can either take a proactive or a reactive point of view. Yeah. And we know a lot of people, you know, that, um, hey, they're, the guy's, you need a job, he's flipping burgers. Mm, okay, I guess I'm flipping burgers now. Yeah. You know, and hey, do you need a place to stay? Yeah, I guess, you know, so you're reacting sure. to stimulus. As opposed to forging ahead and saying, you know what, I don't want that. I'm going to go camping. Right. And I just want to walk among nature and look at trees and, you know, feel it, be, be there. And, and often, you were talking about the motorcycle trips, um, those kind of adventures often lead to experiences. So if you put yourself in a position to increase your odds of having an experience, that's where you want to be. Yeah. That's where you want to be. You want to try something new. You want to take, be courageous and do something that you have not done before. Mm-hmm. And it's harder as you get older. I'm almost 60, and there are things that I'm still looking at that I want to try that I've never done before. So for me to voluntarily put myself in a position of being a beginner is not an easy thing to do because as we get older, we have a tendency to say, this is what I do. And this is what I don't do. Right. I do this all the time. Nope. I don't, I don't do anything else. We kind of stagnate in our growth. And even if it's a small thing, even if it's just some kind of thing, take a chance, try it. I, you know, the CEO of a major corporation gets on a snowboard for the first time, and the 17-year-old pimple-faced kid is the teacher for that guy. <laughs> And that's courageous. That's really courageous. Not for the not for the pimple faced kid. For the CEO. But the CEO to just focus and say, Okay, I'm not really good at this. Is this something that I'd like to try? And at the end of it, you don't have to become a snowboarder, but you've done it. You've had that experience jumping out of a plane. Yeah. You know, bungee jumping, doing something. It it doesn't even have to be that grand. No, but but 
the most the most growth happens in moments of discomfort because that's where boundaries and you're learning boundaries are being broken and you're learning new things yeah. and and I think people don't really truly get old until they don't want to do anything new anymore and if something's not growing it's it's basically dying you're dying there's yeah. a tipping point and there's people you could see it with their weight you could see it with their point of view that there are some retirees who are waiting to die mm-hmm. and then there are some retirees who who my grandmother was like Hey, I'd like to come down and visit. What day? What, <laughs> you got to tell me what day because I'm busy on Tuesdays. I got bingo and I got the walk and I have the. It's like I love that because she was still doing her thing and and yeah. Who who am I to say you're available anytime I want you available, Grandma? <laughs> you know, it's like no, I don't. I don't expect that of anyone else. Why did I assume that of her? Because she's here for your amusement. <laughs> You are here for my elderly amusement. amusement. Dance, Grandma. Dance. You dance. Can't. You're an old lady. <laughs> dance I mean, for mm, me. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> you look lovely, Grandmother. Uh, yeah, it, it is. You know, it, I think it's, it's so important to because the the very thing that I think helps us survive the the constant uh, pursuit of of comfort and safety and is actually the thing that can become damaging yeah. when there's too when there's too much of well, it. Well, look at what happens. I mean, you get into a rut. You're like, well, this is what I do. This is what she I mean, you could even look at sex that way, you you know. And and it's like she does that move, I do this. I kiss her here, she kisses me there. I do this. <laughs> I move my hand, she goes, I mount, she mounts, bop bop. Get it, we get get, it, get, get it. the dish, get the get the washcloth, you know, and it's like <laughs> <laughs> now, we, now we put on Matlock and we yeah, go to sleep. Put on Matlock. Go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it could be that way, it, but so it's constant. It's up for it's up to us to constantly think of of breaking those chains. Just as soon as something gets to feel like oh we this is the way we've been doing things, let's just change it. Yeah, change it just because just because because it's new. Yes, and very much like we were sort of talking about the agents. You have to – when you get into short-term thinking mode, well, this is going to feel good right now. This is going to feel safe right now. I don't want to do anything. That is – you know, all of a sudden 10 years go by and you're like, oh, I'm atrophied emotionally yes. because I've been doing – I've been in a cocoon. Doing the same thing. Yeah, my wife is not as – I have a test for her. You know, It's like when, to see how – how flexible she is in in trying something new, and I said, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. back, back door, back door. <laughs> she goes, no, no. I go, well, you're just not open. You're just not open. I'm just trying to make sure I'm that trying, we stay young yeah, and vibrant, stay young and vibrant and, and relevant. Yeah, what are you, what's your suggestion? <laughs> we can still watch Matlock afterwards. <laughs> in fact, at the same time, yeah. <laughs> But one of us might not be sitting yeah. down. But it, I mean, but we're trying new things. New things. What if she's like, okay, but I got to do it to you. Okay, okay now let's wait a second. Hang on a second. Hang on one let's second. One. I don't think it works. One that way. hurdle at a time. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Let's baby start. steps. Baby steps. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Let's start with you, and then if you and if I'm like, oh, this is great. Then we can have yes, the conversation. We'll have that conversation. But let's not both. Yeah. You know, at the I said it first. I said, <laughs> no take backs. No take no back takes. No take backs. Yeah, but it, it's if finding I mean, what else is there is there anything that you're sort of toying with at the moment where you're like, you know, I've always wanted to blah blah blah. 
I, you know, there's a few things professionally. I'm, I, I started a production company for television, and um, it's going really well. And I, I love being just the support group for a, a, a variety of very talented writers who have come up with pitches and ideas that we have uh, are in the process of producing. We have a, a show going on th- right now. Sneaky Pete. Sneaky Pete at Amazon. And I think their their way of doing things is really cool that they actually take the the pilot to the audience and say, what do you think? I mean, we, these these you know executives high paid executives in hollywood have been programming for years what y- what we think you want why don't you tell us what you want and i think that's a it's a very uh, respectful way of doing things and so i'm hoping that that uh, people will will download uh sneaky pete it's a cool story about uh this con man who uh, has owed the mob a lot of money and he, in order to to find a way to make that money up before he shows his face again, he hides out. He takes on another I- identity, and he hides out with this family who haven't seen their grandson in over twenty years. And he says, "Hey, Grandma, Grandpa, it's me. I'm home." And they're going, oh "My God, what have you been doing?" And he knew enough about this guy who he shared a cell with <laughs> in prison to be that guy. So sneaky Pete. Um, so you can download it on Amazon and it's a, it's a cool, cool story. And if enough people like it, then Amazon, uh, can give us the green light and we, we produce it. And, and you and co-wrote it. it. Did you not, co- I did co- co-write it with uh, David Shore, a terrific, uh, writer who created the show house. Yep. And, um, We've I've heard, heard of it. it. I've heard of it's that. It's not one. bad. It's a pretty little, good little show. A little bit of a success story. You know, there. you guys did a pretty good job there with uh, <laughs> American Sherlock. Yeah. So I got a bunch of stuff going, and that professionally, um, personally, I think I'm getting to the point where, as I get older, I I want less and less things. I want more and more experiences. Mm-hmm. So I right now, the way I feel, I would sell my house. I would. You know, get a, an apartment that I can, a townhouse or something that I can just lock the door, f- fake plants, no <laughs> lawns, no organizing teams of people to do things and stuff, and just be free to travel and do plays and go see the world. And, and you know, I, I think it, it's been a great ride doing a lot of work in the past 15, 20 years. Um, but it's also a little insular you know where where you don't where you're kind of so hyper focused on creating that you're not always seeing outside the window sure and it's important to refill those uh creative yeah uh, centers of your brain by having new experiences. And the business, when you start to get successful, the business will rush to cushion you yeah. to make you feel protected, and it's really alluring. You're like, oh, this is nice. This is nice. People do shit for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I don't have the, yeah. you know. And then pretty soon you're like, how do I dial this telephone? Yes. You know, I don't even Who are you? Know. You're fired. You're fired. Uh, you're hired, and now you're fired. Yeah. And we're taking on an accent <laughs> to do it. This is how I talk now. <laughs> I talk when I fire people. <laughs> You're fired. You're here. Hey, listen, this guy's gone crazy. And then you play good cop, bad cop with yourself. Yeah, he's nuts. I've never seen him this mad listen, before. Okay, listen, don't say anything, but you're hired back. I'm hiring you back. <laughs> Did he just hire you back? Oh, God damn it. He don't always does. Fired again. 
If I see him here, ah, he's fired. Don't pay any attention to him. Just keep your head. <laughs> just keep your head down. Like, should I leave? <laughs> no, you should stay. Yes, you should leave. Uh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, so, so messing with people is. A, <laughs> I haven't done that a lot, so that's a new experience I want to try. <laughs> just start pranking people in public. Yeah, Brian Prankston is the name of your new show. Prankston. You just go out and fucking prank that's people right. in the middle of the show. Prankston. I mean, it is. You know, the, having. Having a role, having the the Walter White presence in your life, I mean, that will be with you always. Yeah. And people are always going to want to ask about it. And people are always going to talk about it. And, you know, is there a certain point where it's like, ah, it's great, but this is kind of getting in the way and I kind of need to focus on this. I mean, do you, do you, are you able to separate from no, it? I'm, yeah, I am. I'm able to do it. And you, you kind of set your boundaries um, about what you... Uh, have time for and what you don't want to. I mean, for instance, when we go back to the the Nerd HQ thing and the kid was talking about Albuquerque, I realized that you know I wanted to just shift it over and get it back on point. Um, and and I would answer a question about Breaking Bad, and that's fine. But I I wouldn't want to monopolize that point. Um, and then you have certain rules, like uh, for me. I I get approached uh, in restaurants or things like that for a picture or something, and I and I don't oblige when I'm with people and eating and and trying to carve out a sure. moment of you know realism. Um, but I do say, look, if you want to hang, um, you know, we'll be done in a half an hour or something. I'll catch you outside or oh, that's something. nice. Something like that. But on the street, I'll take pictures with people. But Get away to... from me! You're fired! You're fired! <laughs> but I don't work for you. You're fired anyway! <laughs> you're now you're double fired! You're hired. Now you're fired! <laughs> I like your moxie. You're hired. And you're fired! <laughs> That's their new character. Yeah, that's right. I know. That can be totally crazy. Well, I... um. Uh, I just thought we could put on these hazmat suits and uh, go out in a camper. Is that pushing a boundary? And yeah, then, no, yeah, and yeah, then, yeah, no, no. I'll tell you what. You, I'll meet you out there. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, you get out there. Get it. Like, we It's like some people saying, hey, man. Hey, hey, hey. And I, you know, I don't know most people who say that to me, who know me. I don't know you. Right. Um. And it confuses me because sometimes because of the familiarity they have with my face, they will act as if they do know me. Sure. And it makes me think, oh, shit, I should know this guy. Right. I'm, he's acting like I should know him. Is that my wife's friend? Yeah. I, I don't know the fucking... Uh, so I have a tendency to just match the level of enthusiasm. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, and see how far yes. you can keep it going. Yeah. That's great. Hey. I'll... Oh, have you been yeah. this guy? <laughs> Crazy guy. Oh, how are you? How are, you? How are things? How's good, the, uh, good. How's the thing? How's it's the, uh, great. Good. Yeah, wife's good. totally doing backdoor now. Great. Yeah. <laughs> great. Great. She didn't when I was dating her. No. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I have a really small penis, so it's fairly non-intrusive. Yeah, so she didn't even know. Didn't even know. Amen. Like, I was in there, yeah. and it was just in and out. <laughs> just like a little doggy door. Well, at least you're courteous that way. <laughs> yeah, There's no yeah, pain involved. I was I was courteous enough to have a small penis that was uh, not not intrusive to anybody. What do they say about Chris? He was courteous enough to have a small penis. <laughs> so What's the, the nice door yeah. wasn't painful. You know, ex-girlfriends of yours. <laughs> what would you say is the nicest thing about Chris? He was so 
so considerate to have the smallest penis of any man I ever <laughs> that'd dated. Fun, that'd be a fun game of like the nicest way to compliment a tiny penis with a, to let someone know. Never ever hurt me. No, nope. no, ever did. No, I didn't. I'd have to ask if he was yeah. anywhere close to the. Vicinity. He was so kind because yeah. technically I'm still a virgin, yeah, yeah. and that was really thoughtful of yeah, him to now preserve I'm happily me. Married. I'm happily married yeah. to someone else. Uh, <laughs> soda can now, but before, before no, uh, but it's it's that idea of you know because people become very familiar because especially with television you know you're in their homes and you're in their living rooms and they become so emotionally attached and it yeah. is a fami- it is a very much a familiar yeah. thing you are part of. You know, unknowingly, you're a part of so many families and so many communal experiences that you didn't know about. No, and I will never know about. No, a lot of that. But when yeah. people see that, sometimes it's almost like, oh, it's that guy. That's a, how can he not know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Ah. And I get the energy. Yes, yeah, exactly. But sometimes you can probably feel a little bit like a cornered, like like an oh, animal yeah. that kind of wandered into a backyard. Like, well, oh, you know, it gets a little weird because, like, for instance, at the at the airport or something, there are professional autograph seekers, mm-hmm. and they will hound me to sign their wares mm-hmm. and they then go right on and they sell them yeah and you know for the most part if they're kind uh, i don't mind signing one each yeah you know and and as an extension of th- thank you okay i get it and especially if they keep the uh, keep the energy around that whole thing down yeah but sometimes you'll go they'll be they'll rush coming off a plane or something and then it's like oh god no and then other people will now pay attention because they did. Right. Whereas I was getting through just fine. No <laughs> one becomes, was noticing. It becomes like a zombie breakout. Like, ah! Yeah. yeah. And no one was noticing, and I just got through good. And then uh, then other people will come up to me and go, oh, well, who are you? Why is everybody asking for it? It's like, oh, man. <laughs> I'm I, the president of mayonnaise. Uh, <laughs> I've heard of that country. Yeah. <laughs> I'm terrible because I, I think never Best did. Foods is the capital. Isn't I, it? Best Foods is the capital. Uh, Hellman's Sinky. Hellman's Hellman's Sinky. Hellman's Sinky. Uh, no, I don't think that was yeah, right. I didn't really right. deserve that one. But uh, I, I never know who to be um, more, who, whose emotions to be more protective of. Like if I'm with, if like if I'm with my girlfriend or I'm with friends. And then someone comes up and it's like, oh, and then you sign a bunch of the blank ones that they're going to print out your image on later. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. like, well, I don't no. want them to feel like I'm being ungrateful. But then I also have people who are just standing there waiting while I like, let me sign. The- I never know who to just just have the one each. Just say one each, one each, guys. Thank you. Thank you. You know, and, and move on. Otherwise, you take too long doing it. Are there people actually hounding you for your autograph? No. Do you want me to to arrange something? Yeah, I just wanted to sound cooler. I know. I've never. I kind of saw that in your eyes. I don't even know how to sign my name. No, I just, Chris. I just, I just like a paw print. I just it's like. Our, yeah, it's an X. It's an X. <laughs> I, 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 whenever I get on a plane now, I hope that there's a celebrity on the plane. <laughs> That's true. And I look and I go, oh. Oh my God, Heidi Klum! Oh, fantastic! <laughs> Heidi Klum's on fire. Good, 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 good. And so when we get to wherever we're going, New York or whatever, I it's like Heidi, 
after you and it's like <laughs> and it's like she'll walk down or whomever it is and and then she, i i just kind of delay until i know she's about to go through into the baggage area <laughs> and then it's like hey that's Heidi Klum and as she's going left i'm going right are you the one going look it's Heidi Klum Heidi Klum i love her i want look she's signing autographs <laughs> And they'll go, why is Brian Cranston making that weird voice? I don't, I don't know. Who's I don't Brian Cranston? Sorry. I don't watch yeah. television or movies. I don't know. Who, who is this Brian? He sounds like a smart fellow, but I don't know. You're hired. You're fired. Oh. It's just you in the corner just having a whole scene unfold. And then everyone <laughs> claps. Like, oh, sorry. One each. <laughs> One each. One each. I have a lot of firings to attend to. Line up. No pushing. No pushing. That's me as an old man. When no one's... No one cares about me. It's like no one, one each, one each, one each. And like, what, are you okay, sir? Yeah. It's like, no, one, one each. You always sort of it's it's funny because it is it is an ego thing. Like it's nice when you know, especially when it first starts happening. And uh, I don't like it. No, no, it's still weird. No, I do, I've never gotten accustomed to it. It's not what I've, I. It's it's just it's outside of me. I don't know what that is. I'm, I I do. I will admit that I do use it. <laughs> I do take advantage of it. I am not an idiot. It's like, oh my god, we, let, we, uh, we, let's go to this restaurant. We didn't make a reservation. Hang on, I'll let me see. <laughs> let's see. And then I kind of posture a little bit to see if if anybody recognizes. I give them both the three quarter face and the full on. Sir, you're blocking. I'm the, sorry. What, sir? Could you what? stop turning? I'm sorry. From side were to you, side. Were you asking me a question? I don't. I am the one who knocks. <laughs> Is that, is that, <laughs> I'm the one who makes a reservation. <laughs> is that no? A dramatic <laughs> it's <like> reinterpretation of <laughs> <laughs> to, to, get, to get a table. To get a table. Please step aside. Here, have this <laughs> have this vibrating chip and go is outside. It, uh, um, does this uh, is sack this... of blue colored uh, <laughs> salt rock yes. look familiar to you? <laughs> Please, one each. No, one each. Hey, Heidi Klum! (laughs) Ah, fuck, Heidi Heidi Klum got our table. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is... I was having... I was in Portland, and Mark Maron and I were up there at the same time, and we had dinner one night, and he said something very similar, because we went to this restaurant, there was a huge wait, and he was like, ah, man, you never want people to recognize you until you want to get into a restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. It is true. And so, I mean, I have to admit that. That is true. There's an upside to it. I mean, the the biggest... I, I don't want to say there's an old oh, downside and have people go, oh, you get recognized. Oh, oh you have yeah. to sign an autograph. Ah. Believe me, it's not it, what we do. We're very lucky. And we we are we are just, you know, have an abundance of good fortune. So there's there's no no complaints. But seeking it, I, I, I find myself that uh, becoming more and more reclusive, though. When I'm not working, when I'm not out there doing something social and and working, um, I'm behind the gates, you know. And I kind of it requires a tremendous. And and again, disclaimer to exactly what you said. Um, It requires a tremendous amount of energy because just going to a restaurant or going to the store can be very much sort of you know like you you have to be mentally engaged the whole time. And for people who don't understand, like just imagine that. 
you always kind of have to be aware. And by the way, I don't, I don't mean me, but I mean, I be like, you always kind of have to be aware, like, oh, people want something or they're looking yeah. or you're supposed to be a certain way that yeah, they, right. to meet an expectation yeah. and you don't want to let people down. And you're like, you know, if you're hard on yourself, it can be, a, it's like, yeah. just going to the store, I'm sure it can be like, oh, what an emotional journey. <laughs> oh, I made it back. I went, to, I went to the store once when my wife was away. I was sick. I was really sick, and I, I'm an idiot when it comes to over-the-counter stuff. I, uh, honey, what do I take? What, what are your symptoms? I told her. She said, okay, go to the store and get this, this, and this, and then go to back to sleep and take that and with food. and you know, Okay, I'm writing it down, and I'm dragging myself with my sweatpants and my snotty nose <laughs> to the store, and I'm standing in the tenor under, you know, and some guy goes behind me, taps me on the Oh, no. Hey. I know you. You're that guy from the show. I was on Malcolm in the Middle at the time. Hey, you're the funny guy from the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not feeling well. Hey, shake my hand. And I go, no, I don't want to get you sick. Oh, hell, I don't care about that. You know, and he shakes my hand. Oh, okay. And I'm, I'm really, really trying to give him, I'm giving him every indication. Let's. I'm a wounded animal right now. Just, let's just <laughs> calm down, you know. And, um. Hey man, that's funny. You know, hey, you know, when you were when you had those bees, were those real bees on you? When you're, and, and he's yelling. It felt like he was yelling to me. And I'm like, yeah, they were real bees, real bees. I was wearing. And I'm looking at the cashier, and she's, you know, like, come on, come on. And sure enough, it's like, okay, these things. Is that all? Yeah, that's all. Hey, and when you did the, it's like, oh god. He goes, hey, and, and as I'm paying, and start, and, she, and the woman goes, I hope you feel better. Thank you. And as I'm leaving, he goes, and he says this, hey, wait, I want to take a picture with you. <laughs> and, I, and I just said, I'm not feeling well, some other time. <laughs> and I turned and walked away, and there was a beat, and then he says to the uh, cashier, man, what a jerk. <laughs> I mean, he's really funny on, uh, what a jerk. And I'm walking away going, Oh my God! Oh, I was trying to I'm a jerk. Sick. I'm a jerk because I'm just sick, you know. And that that does happen. But those but those those are rare, sure. Because this guy's an idiot, and he has no powers of observation. <laughs> he cannot tell that someone's sick or like. I, I'm, Who are you buying all that cold medicine for? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not feeling. You know. You're gonna. What? You gonna do something funny with that cold medicine? No, no, I'm not doing it. No, do, uh, no, let's no. do a keg stand with the Nyquil. Yeah, and it feels like needles every time he's speaking. You know, it's like needles are going into my head. Because all you can think of is, I just want to lie down. Yes, like, I just oh, want to yeah. get. I just want to get back into bed. The the you could see the battery sign on your. You know, like uh, <laughs> running low, running on reserve, running low. It's flashing nine percent. Nine eight before three. And like, oh my god, I'm gonna. I'm please, like crashing. Please help. Is there anyone that you can imagine that if you saw them, you would fall into the trap? Like, if there's, is there anyone, like any person, any celebrity, any that celebrity, I would... any anybody? Uh, no, there no, because I've been there now, so it's like, I, you know, I, I, I went. I love theater, and I went and I saw a bunch of great plays. Uh, the kid who's in the Curious Incident of the Dog at the nighttime uh, won the Tony. And the cast of uh, Fun Home, uh, and and I went backstage, and I wanted to, to express how how much I appreciated their work, and their energies and their talent. And then the 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 thing I tag it with, I'm going to leave you alone because <laughs> what I just saw, you must be exhausted, and I get it. Uh, I just wanted to say you're terrific, and I I'm leaving now. And most they're like, 
thank you. They look with puppy dog eyes going, oh, thank you. Oh, my God. And that was the experience on, on Broadway last year. Again, a wonderful opportunity and a great play. In fact, we're shooting the, the play for HBO now. Oh, wow. All the way. And uh, a great role. What was so exhausting is at 11 o'clock, we were taking our final bows. And for an hour and 45 minutes to two hours, there were people that I need to greet. Uh, backstage, people I know, people I don't know friends of other cast members or house managers and things like that backstage. And that's an hour and, and I'm taking your makeup off and things and going outside and there's people waiting and it's like, wow. And I, and I loved it. And I, and I, I love the idea of when I asked them whose first play was this and, and hands go up and it's like, I'm, I remember my first play and that's cool that I was yours, you know? And so it's fun and I'm, and I'm grateful to do it. And I stayed and signed every autograph and then, I get in the car to go home and, and I'm absolutely beat now. I'm just beyond exhausted. And the energy factor is something that, you know, you just have to protect yourself. Well, and I also think that most people, most people who are actors, they, you know, they're actors because they like portraying other characters. So when someone sort of, you know, just kind of gets in your face and, you know, they're sort of like, hey, you, you yeah. guy, you yeah. know, you're sort of like, ah, I'm just, yeah, I, I, I'm just a tool for yeah. a bigger machine. I'm just a tool. I'm just a tool. There is a, there is a curfew for celebrities. For celebrities going out, I've noticed, and it's happened to me, there's, you go out, if you're going to an opening of a play and the, and the, the party afterwards, or if it's a charity event or something, anything like that. There's a period of time that you're okay, that you're still doing the dance with you know the celebrity thing and taking pictures with it. And by the way, everybody has a phone, and everybody is now a photographer. Of course. And everybody wants a shot. And so you do that, and you oblige, and you kind of navigate that. But at, at 10, 30, 11 o'clock, you need to go. You need to start leaving, <laughs> because the more they drink, the less polite they are sure and what would have been do you mind if i take a picture with you becomes dude come here come take here me. we're gonna take a picture yeah and, and don't grab, be a pussy grab you around your neck ah, yeah. you know it's like oh my god we i've surpassed my curfew i need to go home i think you should i think you should be that guy to the young actors <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. look at this fucking guy take a picture big shot oh, big, i'm a, a boy with shot. a dog <laughs> Was that a real dog? It's a real dog. Did you actually kiss? Did you let that dog lick your tongue? Yeah. It's like weird. This guy fucked a dog. <laughs> Brian Cranston, what are you doing? I'm just I'm just helping you out. I'm, I'm helping you out. It's fine. It's fine. I'm, 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 I'm prepping you. I'm prepping I'm teaching you. you how to be tough. You listen to me or you're fired. <laughs> you hear me? What was Godzilla like? Okay. That yes. was not. Uh, yes. By the way, uh, I was surprised. That you died in that movie. I wanted, I wanted more Cranston. More Cranston. More Cranston. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I, uh, that character dying at that time was a mistake. <laughs> it was. It was a mistake. I knew it when I read it. When I read it, I said, oh, page 50, this character who was the emotional core, the center that was guiding the audience up in the story up to that point, he dies? What a waste. Uh, and they kind of dealt with it 
poorly. Um, I, that's my only criticism of it because I think it was a fun, fun movie and it was a very successful movie. But I told him, I said, even if I wasn't doing this role, that character shouldn't die at that point. It's just bad narrative. It just and it, but they were too far down the road. Sure, I was like the last guy hired because I was still shooting Breaking Bad. Yeah, and I had my and they kept pushing because I kept uh, Breaking Bad kept pushing, and then finally I was able to get in and do it. Um, but it's it's true. It should have been that character should have been with his son, and they would have started to bond a little bit more, and they went on this journey together to go back home. Yep to be reintroduced to his grandson. Mm-hmm. And just when they're bonding and it looks like they can have a relationship, the father sacrifices He's got to sacrifice himself. himself. He's got to sacrifice himself. To save his son. Yes. And that's the way he should have died. Yes. Do you want to go back and reshoot it? Are you can busy do, this let's afternoon? Just re- let's just re- I got a Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's over there. Godzilla signing tiny autographs. Yeah. One each, <laughs> one each. <laughs> but accidentally lighting everyone yeah. on fire. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, sorry. That singed sorry. your picture there. <laughs> I sorry. mean, to, it'll just look old time. That always happens. Yes, yeah, <laughs> what are you gonna do? So, what are you gonna? So, you've uh, you've emerged sort of briefly, and then are you going to submerge again for a while? Are you gonna get to go uh, underground for a bit? Uh, no, it, it's just you know. This opportunity has come up. I'm, you know, doing the producing and acting, and it's uh, there's just so much I want to do, and I love it. I don't, I don't play golf. I don't do that. I don't play golf. I like to create more than recreate. Yes, I, uh, I do that. I go out and, and I like Amen, to write. Sister. And thank you for calling me sister. <laughs> Amen, sister. I don't get that that often, but I appreciate <laughs> it. Um. And I like, and I do like that, and and I do have this awareness that okay, at some point, this ride's ending, this is going to stop, and and when it does, I don't want to look back and go, oh, I should have tried that, that, and that. Why well, didn't I do that? I think that'll be a conscious decision on your part. At some day, you'll just go, meh. I don't think I, yeah, maybe. you know, I mean, it, it, I, I feel like. You know, as long as you want to keep doing stuff, you can keep. Yeah, you can keep doing. But stuff. I, I, you know, my our our uh, mandate or mission statement of my production company is that we we will only get involved in projects that we're passionate about. Yeah, I don't want a job. I don't need a job. I don't have to work again in my life. Yeah. So why would I take on something? That is just laborious and difficult to push forward, and I'm not passionately involved in it. Yeah, I mean, there are some people, and not to disparage anyone, so I won't name any names, but sometimes you see people name like Papa Bono. Name him. <laughs> I don't know. Throw him <laughs> under the bus right now. Come on. <laughs> Do it. Do it. <laughs> no fire. Ah, damn it. <laughs> I had such a good presentation planned. <laughs> Uh, what can I talk to the other guy for a second? Yeah. Yes, go ahead. You don't have to. Oh, don't he was so that. mean to me. I know he does. He has a tendency to be that. Can way. I have my well, job back? Who are you talking to? Um, I was just talking to no you. No one. No one. No one. We're not talking to anybody. You're t- go okay. Ahead. Go um, ahead. So I really, I don't want to rat anyone out. Because your balls just went up inside your body. <laughs> they did. You know, yeah. Further, <laughs> further. <laughs> just, I'm just like, all the way up. They've in become there. ovaries. <laughs> 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 they've burrowed their way <laughs> back like two tiny, like a tick in Lyme disease. Just burrowed into your skin. Two like, small ticks just, trying to find each other yeah. in the middle of my body somewhere. 
<laughs> they're just nestled. But just no, I want to hear the story. Go well, ahead. there's not really a good story. It's just oh, it's a great it's story. Like, wait till you hear. Well, you've set wait it up to too much this. now. It's so good. No, now it's so good. The expectation is so high. Okay, go, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. It's, it's good. Just, you see famous people and they take stuff yeah. and you go, well, they yeah. didn't need that money. Yeah. And then that was it. I told you it didn't pay off very well. Yeah, not I mean not at all. No, not, not even very well. I felt not, like I prepped you for yeah, that, yeah, Brian, no, and no. you kind of thought, you know, I kind of thought when you said and and you were going to tell a story that there would be some kind of meaningful thing at the end of it. Do you think it was in the read? Should I have tried it a little more? I, I think I think I think there was a, a failure across the board on that. Hmm. Is it because I was Subject sitting down? Matter. Should I do this audition standing up? Yes, and you were fondling your your, your <laughs> <Ticks>. inverted balls <laughs> at my the time. Tick, my tick balls. Yeah. <clears throat> the tick balls. To be fair, they're swollen, <laughs> so that makes them kind of bigger. Yeah, I just, uh, I, I just sometimes I see people do a commercial thing, or, or right. and you're like, don't you already have tens of millions of dollars? I, I like, agree. What do you I know. Do yeah. That for? What are you doing that for? Yeah. And then you say that, and all of a sudden they throw that that dollar figure at you. Oh, and you that's go, why. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> Ah, that, ah, thank you for reminding me. That's why I did it well, for the to, money. Okay, not to not to bring this back around, but that was sort of that was kind of uh, Heisenberg's thing was that was like, how much is enough? Right. You just wanted thirty eight thousand dollars, whatever it was, just to, to be healthy or just to get yeah. your, you know, seven thirty seven was Se- his number. Seven hundred thirty seven thousand. Seven hundred thirty seven thousand dollars. Take care of his wife. Send his kids to to college. Pay off the bills, and then he can die. And he way surpassed that. He lost track of what he what he was doing this for. It was like it ended up being like eighty million dollars yeah, or something. Crazy money, crazy like that. Crazy, crazy. And I I always loved kind of exploring the idea of because I think this is you know this is something that actually ha- when you get older was he always that guy or did he become that guy? Did something awaken or was he transformed? And I always wonder, like, as I get older, am I going to become something else, or is it? Uh, you're going to become it, old. I'm going to. So what you're going to become? No. Yeah. See, are you going to sag? No. Take, take a look at me. No, you. Well, you look great. But how fully does, take on the depression that that does, created? Oh yeah. Ah <laughs> oh, oh, shit! I didn't uh, know I'd become someone else. But it's uh, like look at Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is a perfect porcelain doll. He looks fantastic. It's yeah, he does. He looks fantastic. If, if he's he, a good guy, by the way, he I is. Like, I like Tom. He's done the podcast, and, and he, he was yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah. What was your What was your experience with him? Uh, I I first ran into him when when he was riding a motorcycle, and I was running at Lake Hollywood, and I saw this kind of cool motorcycle, and I went over to check it out, and and up came this guy, and he was talking about it. And he said, "Yeah," and he was telling me, but I said, "Does this?" Just a overhead cam, and you got this, and you got it. yeah, yeah, and this has got this, and and we were looking at the bike, and it wasn't until halfway into the conversation that I realized it was Tom Cruise. <laughs> I went, "Oh, hey, man!" He goes, "Hey, how you doing? Good." And uh, and I think he had just appreciated it. Two guys talking about a motorcycle, as opposed to, and I didn't change the I didn't change the dynamic. Tom, I'm the one who knocks. Do you recognize the? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, this is way before. Oh, it was way before way that. Way before. But I've bumped into him a couple times. I was in his movie, uh, uh, Rock of Ages. Yes. Which he was excellent at. I thought, I honestly thought he should get a nomination for an Oscar for that role. I thought he was fantastic in that role. Yeah, he was. I mean, really, really fantastic. And I, I, and I, 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 I like that movie. I don't know. It didn't, it didn't do well. It didn't do well. I don't. I don't really know why. I was in the play. You were in the play. I was in the original play. Awesome. 
And uh, they went with a name. They went with a name. They went with a name. But so I was bummed that that movie didn't make a shit ton of money just for the people behind it because I they were all really great yeah. people. And it by all rights it should have seemed like, oh my god, you've got these you've got these eighties glam metal songs, right? This amazing cast. Yeah. Tom Cruise is Stacy Jacks. Like, yeah. why? What? What do you? What, what is, do you want, America? Yeah, yes, I know. And and it's so it's so fickle. Be you know we're at the we're at the premiere. And we're at the at, afterward at the party, the same night we're premiering. And I'm talking to a couple of the guys uh, from the studio, and I, hey, so th- they seem to like it. And they go, it's not testing well, it's not tracking at all. So it's gonna it's gonna tank. Well, happy premiere yeah. to you as well. And, and that's like yeah, truly and, and just like that. Well, it's like not doing well. I'm out of here. Yes, we're I'm going see, home. I'm gonna see if I can erase my name off this film. <laughs> is what they're saying, you know. And I'm going, what? You're kind of everybody's abandoning ship. It's not gonna do. Yeah, it's not gonna. They're whispering. It's not gonna. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's really gonna be. It's like, oh my god, really? So it's a very fickle thing. It's a very delicate thing. This movie business. Yeah, well, especially the movie business because it, at least with a TV show, people can, you know. Breaking Bad, a couple million people watched in the beginning, 10 million people watching by then. They had time yeah. to get involved in the story, but a movie is just like it, it's very rare that a movie doesn't do well, and then all of a sudden, oh, it found it some. Didn't do well. Oh, yeah. We were wrong. Yeah. It's usually like that's it's on a track. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. And, and, um, Perfect segue to get back into Sneaky Pete. Thank you for that. That's wonderful. How you... I was talking about Rock no, no, of Ages. no, no. It's a Sneaky Pete. Actually, I think is what I gleaned. Uh, I what I took like... away from that was no, you were leading like, into no. Sneaky Pete. I mean, that was a very Sneaky mm. Pete thing to do you on your much. part. It was kind of sneaky. Uh, I mean, you are a. I'm con excited man. about this. <laughs> I am excited about this. I do hope people check it out. Be honest. I, I mean, what's so great about this? You get in. You you watch it. For free, you you then can vote on it. You vote, you turn in, you go. I loved it, or yeah, I liked it. Or would you watch again? Yes or no? And and all you can truly express yourself. And I just love that idea of allowing the audience to truly and honestly weigh in on what they would like to see. I, I hope they like it. I really feel like we were talking about Rock of Ages. No, though. it was really it was really leading. Are you that sure? Way. I was feeling the tee up for. <laughs> For Sneaky Pete. I was feeling it. I was going to go back and ask you the earlier question about something being awakened versus someone being transformed. Right. Well, and that's when I thought, well, isn't that Sneaky Pete? <laughs> Boy, the, the con man getting out of, out of prison, he's awakened, you know, by a loud noise. And now I'm starting to do walking. I mean. I don't know where the Sneaky Pete, he's a sneaky guy. Mr. Walken, all kinds of things. One each. You're fired. <laughs> I'll sign. I'll sign one body part each. You know. This is just when your brain implodes and you just re-express everything from this hour all at once. Ah, wow, Manson. Oh, Charlie's on the hill. Charlie's up on the hill again, and he's fired. You're fired. <laughs> Well, I feel like that's a perfect dismount. Then I feel like we've we've wrapped everything up in a nice little bow. It's been fun, man. Sneaky Pete, Amazon, and uh, it's so good to catch up with you. It's so Me it's too. so it's. I feel like there are often times where we'll sort of pass each other at a thing, like oh yeah, but I never I, I never like to bug people. But the last time we actually got to spend some time time together was in Albuquerque. We were doing the bowling. Thing, we did right? bowling, yeah. Did also, bowling somebody thing. bowling, yeah. yeah, which was great, and you guys won. Well, yeah, we just squeaked it out because you're a ringer. 
Uh, you're the bowling guy. I'm you're pretty, like pretty good. You're pretty good. I'm pretty good. I grew up in a bowling center. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Hey, that's what we should do. We should produce bowling for dollars again. <gasps> that would be amazing. Bowling for dollars. Well, we're we were our bowl, that bowling show. We pit, we pitched AMC. They bought it. We shot a pilot with the Mad Men guys. They picked it up, and then they six months later wiped out all of their unscripted department. Ah, and so we took it. We you have it back now. We, you we, can re resell it. We can resell it, but uh, but I I hope that America is ready for a bowling show. Can't you feel it? Can't you really oh, feel it's not, it? It's not testing well. Yeah, it's not, bowling's not testing well. Bowling's not testing well. Bowling's not testing well. You know, I'll tell you that I always wanted. My dad, a, a show that I really did always want to produce was, you know, my dad was a professional bowler and grew up in the, was on the tour in the 60s. And uh, I always wanted to do a period piece about that, that there was a time when bowling was like the premier. It was truly Americana. Man. And it when, was... when you think about bowling now, people are like, well, bowling, why would I watch it? But there was a time like my dad had the craziest stories about being treated like royalty. I'd like that. That would be a good thing to see. Maybe when President Trump is inaugurated, <laughs> he will institute <laughs> the whole bring that back. <laughs> it's just, you know, I was just talking to someone because the debates are coming out. I'm like, who's he really up against at this point? Like, he's made so much noise. I just, I, I actually like his candor. I, you know, you're an idiot. <laughs> I'm a winner. You're a loser. <laughs> you shut okay. your fucking mouth. Yeah, just, oh, did I swear? Too did fucking swear? bad. Yeah. Uh, there's something so refreshing about shaking up that world that is all about being handled. Yeah. And here comes this loose cannon who is an, who has terrible ideas <laughs> and <laughs> would would be a horrible president. Uh, but there's something great about his. I don't give a shit attitude. Yeah, that that really kind of keeps others honest, and I I I, I think it's a surprise benefit to the country. Actually, well, what's interesting about it is that it puts people in a position where it, like you said, where everyone's campaign they're so guarded and they don't want to offend anyone, yeah. they don't want to upset anybody, they want to make sure everyone's happy, and they're trying to appeal to everyone, which is a very difficult thing to do. And he just doesn't give a fuck. And they, no one knows how to deal with it. How do you deal with it? Because I think people are so desperate for some kind of leadership always, because the world's a scary place, that if someone is just unapologetic, yeah. then they're like, hey, you can't say that. Why the fuck not? Yeah. I don't uh, know. Uh, I just, can he say uh, that? Oh, yeah. You got my vote. Like, no, you're fired. <laughs> no, no, no. You're fired. You're fired. Yeah. Now, I'm going to talk to this guy. You tell that British guy he's fired. <laughs> he's fired. You get that British guy. You're fired. He's fucking fired. Fired. Fire that guy. But, yeah, it's just funny that, he, that he's – that it, it is – that like, debates are going to be fucking fascinating. Fascinating. Wonderful. I mean, if he – honestly, if he, just, if he just told someone to shut the fuck up during the thing, I mean, first yeah. of all, he would totally get away with it. And I think it might yeah. herald in a new yeah. age of – I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see these uh, and many more. I hope he stays in for a long, long time. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe just be- and just just you know just collapses that whole tent of his. Just may- maybe in maybe in a few months he'll 
we'll, he'll get a, we'll do, there'll be a live broadcast. He'll buy ad, he'll buy time on all the channels and go, hi, uh, I'm Don. I, yeah, I just wanted you guys to know this was I was just trying to mix up the political landscape, and uh, I didn't really mean any of that stuff. I just wanted to get these other, and then he turns out to be like that was just all a social experiment just to try to help the the by, the sort of the bipartisan his whole personality for the last fifty years. <laughs> I'm done with the social experiment. It takes the wig really helmet an, off. Yeah, it takes the wig helmet off. <laughs> I'm bald. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I'm not. I ashamed. know it surprised a lot of people. <laughs> that would be amazing. But uh, you're welcome back on anytime, Thanks, you, anytime you want. Um, or, you know, actually, we could just hang out like human beings, I guess, and not have to record everything. No, we have to record everything. Okay. Everything we By do. By your mandate, yeah. we'll record everything from exactly. now on. Everything. And uh, people should watch Sneaky Pete on Amazon. Brian Cranston. Please do. It was wonderful to see you again, sir. Thanks, Chris. You're fired! You're fired! You're fired! <laughs> you can't fire me. I do the firing. Yeah. You're hired. You're fired! You're fired! You're hired, fired! Enjoy a burrito! <laughs> the end. <laughs> now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Pre-order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital editions wherever you get your books.